We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Good Monday morning, everyone. This is Robert Fukui and my co-host once again, Eric Yuna of Stand Out Marketing for the Purpose and Profitability Podcast where we believe that having a profitable purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. So I guess happy uh, post Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> Eric and I were just talking before we got on as uh, probably not one of the most exciting games, but uh, oh well. Anyways, I know there are some people that are very, very happy. But anyways, welcome back everyone and really looking forward to this topic, uh, the second episode into the What Prevents Business Growth series. And today's uh, topic or concentration is on the issue of being too busy. Now, how can we be too busy as a business owner? Uh, and how does that actually limit growth in the business? Because busy is what all business owners strive to be, right? We're all wanting to be busy. And so, yes and no. Busy with serving the right customers, yes. But many times we're busy doing a lot of other things like handling duties that aren't necessarily productive for our business, but are things that we just we just feel we need to do. And then when even when the business is busy with customers, sometimes it's not the right customers. So that's kind of an introduction to what we're going to be talking about today. So, Eric, welcome. Hey, Robert. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, you're welcome. So how's things going with you? How was your weekend? Yeah, it was really good. It was ruined by three hours of the slowest football game <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, well, if you like defense, that was the game to watch, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely was. So, yeah, today we want to talk about uh, being too busy as uh, one of the things that keep business from growing. So, what do you think about this topic? Yeah, I think this is so important. It's so important. Um, like even like last week, I was at a um, kind of like the artist or like a like a photographer, designer, videographer, like kind of community meeting. And, um, I was just, I was just hearing people sharing about just like kind of their, their problems and stuff for like not being able to spend time with family. And honestly, to me, it was just kind of weird. And I was just like, it sounds like they still have a boss. Like, you know, like the reason you started in your own business was so you don't have a boss, you know, so you can make your own schedule so you can do all the things that you really want to do. But then I feel like a lot of them were still making their business their boss or their client their boss. And I'm like, no, they're your client. They're not your boss, you know? Um, so I think this is huge. Like, we, there's something in us that just feels like we have to be busy. And, you know, like, and busyness becomes our boss, kind of. And it's like a yeah. Stockholm Syndrome kind of deal. Yeah. So it's really good to talk about it, I think. <clears throat> yeah, no, very good point. Um, you're, you're right. We get into business uh, because we don't want to work for somebody. But yet the business is like kind of we feel slave to the business and we yeah. feel slave to our customers we feel slave to a lot of things and you're right that's that's not the healthy way to be and certainly i mean your customers in, in a sense are your boss because you're there to, to serve them but at the same right. time um yeah you, you can't be slave to everything right and, and mm -hmm. definitely i see that i <laughs> there's a there's a guy that's been uh been, been calling me 
to get some a little bit of help and some business direction. And he keeps making these appointments and he keeps uh, canceling them. And it, this has been like uh, one or two years going now. <laughs> and so every once in a while I hear from him. And so in the latest time, I just instead of me setting up a time to meet for coffee, I said, look, just call. And then um, I just tell him kind of when my availability is, it's just, just, just call. And then he would try to set a time. Um, but then it'd come and go and then he would text because, oh, something came up or, you know, there's a meeting that went long or just different num- number of things. And so I just, just told him, he says, I, I want to, you know, I still want a window between four and six on these days that you know, it's like, just call me. And if I can pick up, I'll pick up. If not, I'll call you back. Yeah, <laughs> but right. I'm like, like clearly you're, you're not willing to prioritize things that you feel is important Yeah, to, to grow your business. And if you right. can't, create that kind of priority just to have a little meeting. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like, how are you going to actually do the things that are, that are really going to grow your business? So that's, that's one example of being mm-hmm. too busy and not being productive. You're being too busy yeah. and the things because you're, I mean, obviously, you know, fighting the fires, you know, things that come up in the business are things you got to do, but maybe you got to find a way to sometimes delegate those things out. Yeah. Or if you don't have a staff, if you're just a, a lot of, a lot of the people I talk to just are working for themselves, but figure out a way to at least contract some of the workout or, contract, mm-hmm. or even have some, um, someone just comes in once a day to handle some of the administrative duties, right? You don't have mm-hmm. to hire a, a full time or even part time staff, but just have someone, you know, help you out um, every once in a while as a, as a contractor, 1099. Um, there's yeah. also a lot of softwares out there that can help you with, calendars and invoicing and even sending reminders and and those type of things. There's a lot of things that you can do even with, with, with technology that can help streamline your work and so you're not busy doing too many things so that you can concentrate on growing the business. So I don't know if yeah. you have any other, any other thoughts about that. But those are just some quick examples of just being too, being too busy and not being productive. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of times busyness is like a, it's not an actual thing as much as it is almost a mindset we put on ourselves or kind of like a, just an, or even an appearance that we kind of like want to portray, you know, maybe to protect ourselves or protect our time from people we don't want to talk to or whatever it is. Like, I know I used to do that a lot. I used to just pretend I'm really busy and make it look like I'm really <laughs> Shuffling paper. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to do that. And I think, you know, if you're truly busy, like those two things, like you said, you talked about, I mean, you're talking about electronic, you know, uh, technological things, but man, there's some really good um, planners out there. And I use Asana, which was like, it was free. And then I was like, oh, this is pretty nice. And then I found out it's one of like Google's third party um, things that they use, but this mm-hmm. app uh, called Asana. Yeah. And that's been really helping just keep everything streamlined. And then you, most of the time, I feel like if you really organize it, you're not as busy as you thought you were. Maybe that was just me. Mm-hmm. But most of the time when I organize it and I have checklists and things like that, and I start getting things done, I'm like, oh, it's not so bad. It was just, a, you know, mm-hmm. um, like a, a bad mindset. And then that thing of, you know, the hiring thing. I loved just uh, the how we could contract. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, contracting helped me a lot with the little things. And it's almost like one of those things that you don't know you need it until you do it. So I would encourage, you know, everyone <laughs> yeah. try it, you know, and then see how much it helps you. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's definitely one of those things. You don't you realize you need it until you, you try it. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll find because sometimes people go, oh, I, I can't afford to hire somebody or I can't afford to contract these things out. 
I said, you can't afford not to because it sometimes it frees you up so that you can do more work. Let's just say, for example, I had this one um, client that they were looking to hire another uh, another engineer. And uh, I said, no, what you really need is just to hire somebody for the, the warehouse. Mm. Because they were, him and his partner, they did everything from, you know, the sales to answering phones to doing all the engineer work. And even when parts come in into the mm. warehouse, they were doing the unloading and offloading and all that. And I'm like, and they said, every time they try to hire another engineer, they wouldn't last very long. And I said, well, why, what did you have them do? They go, well, they're expected to do everything. And I said, well, if I'm being hired as an engineer, I wouldn't want to do everything either. I was like, you didn't hire me to unload trucks and stuff. You hired me to engineer. And plus, right. I said, from your end, that's a waste of money. I mean, you're hiring and paying somebody $60,000, $80,000 a year to do things that you should be paying somebody $15,000, $20 an hour. I go, that's just a waste of time. Um, yeah. It really is it's not a good business decision. And so I said, well, instead of hiring another engineer, why don't you just hire another person or two for the warehouse and to answer the phones? Because that'll free up your time to do more engineer work, right? So you can increase your capacity of, of work just by hiring somebody else at a lesser dollar amount, right? Because they should be doing more productive work for them would be either getting customers and or um, doing the engineer work. Um, that's worth their, their time. And they, that way they will increase their capacity. So that's an example of, you know, hiring or contracting out work will then free you up to do things that are more productive for the business that will grow the business, like sales, yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah, absolutely. And things like Asana, yeah, I know a lot of people are using that. Um, great to kind of keep things organized, um, even communicating with a team, whether you're contracting with a team or whether you have an internal team. You know, everybody on uh, kind of a, an organizing software like that can help everybody stay on track without constantly having to have meetings and updates and all that kind of stuff, right? Which also eats up time, even though it's necessary at times. But, you know, if you can minimize those things as much as possible um, and keep people accountable in, in ways that don't eat up your time, I mean, it's, that's great. It's a great tool. So absolutely, yeah. I like that kind of stuff. And even <clears throat> bookkeeping, you know, just start hiring out bookkeepers. That's something that's easily 1099'd out is to start having somebody else handle some of that bookkeeping and even having someone else hunting invoice. I know a business owner that spends about two hours, um, I think about two hours a day on invoicing. Mm. And I said, why do you have somebody else do that? <laughs> I, mean, train, yeah. I mean, it takes time to train somebody to do it well, but mm. once it, when it's done, once they're trained, I mean, gosh, I mean, that's two hours a, a day freed up. I yeah. mean, that's 10 hours a week freed up for them. Mm -hmm. and now you get to do things not just productive for work, but maybe even go home a little earlier, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> go home an hour earlier or something like that. I mean, geez, that's, that's, all, that'd be, that'd be great to do. Yeah. And then there's uh, busy with the wrong customers, you know, in service-based business, I think a lot of our time is eaten up by customers that expect more than they're even paying for. And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I, I tell a lot of, uh, you know, clients are consultants, coaches and all that. I said, your worst clients are usually probably your lowest paying client. And mm -hmm. then the clients that are paying you more money are usually the ones that kind of leave you alone for the most part and just expect you yeah. to get job. <laughs> right? I, yeah. That's been my experience too. So I definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. 
And then there's uh, the Groupon customers. You know, I think you know if you're always uh, cutting costs, uh, doing discounts, um, you know, what you start doing is you just start attracting people that are always looking for the deal. So right. you, might, you might be busy in your restaurant, you might be busy in your store, but it's for people that are constantly looking for a deal. So you're right. flooding your, your, your space with just customers that are not really yielding a profit for you. Um, so the solution then would be to, you really need to understand your target market more. And so you can get tighter on your marketing message so you can really communicate directly to them and speak value, not price. Right? If, you're, if you're always trying to use price as a way to get customers in the door, you're just going to build the, the wrong type of customer. Yeah. So, so I don't know if you have any thoughts about something like that, about busy with the wrong customers. But um, Yeah. Yeah, like um, one time, I think this is one of the hardest things I had to do was um, there was a client that was, we just weren't working well. Um, there was like no chemistry. I think, um, yeah, they were expecting me to just do things. And just overall, I think it was just, it didn't really work out, right? I think we were about halfway through a project or something. And um, we just, I think we were both kind of unhappy with each other. And then, so I had to just at one day, just kind of, just kind of cut it off. You know, I think that was like one of the hardest things to do. But, um, and so I Googled how to end things with the client. And I used <laughs> like one of those letters as a template. It was actually really, really good. <laughs> and so um, I was just really direct and I try to be respectful. And then I just said, yeah, because, you know, um, by this date, um, you know, I could, you could expect these things from me. But after that, I think, um, you know, our working relationship will probably come to an end. And then so on. Um, but they were um, they took it really, really well. Um, they were like, thanks for doing this such a respectful and, um, you know, direct way. We appreciate it. And we agree with that. And so. And it ended, and that was like a huge, just like a gray cloud, like off, and I was able to just focus a little better. But um, yeah, I think it is good. It is a lesson learned for me for sure. It's not. It was I, even from the beginning. It was like I'm not sure if this is going to work out. But I honestly, I just did it for the money. And then, um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So it's like a lesson learned, and I want to really think through: is there chemistry with this client? You know, and not just especially for the big projects. Like if it's going to take a long time. Yeah, but yeah. uh, I, I think it's good to learn, and I'm still learning how to create good boundaries that don't cut people off, but that still um, protect you know the company and the vision of the company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you had two yeah. great points there. Yeah. Boundaries that you just ended with, and um, just you know, does it fit? You know, a lot of times, yeah. especially in, in service-based business, um, you just take every anything for the money and get desperate for the money. And what that does is you take on the wrong client and that doesn't give you room to take on the right client. Right. Exactly. Yes. And then, yeah, fit is, it's huge. I mean, sometimes it's just not a fit and you just don't take the project. Um, I've done Mm -hmm. that too. It's just like, it's like, "Mm, this isn't going to work. And so, you know, you prevent frustration on both sides, you Mm -hmm. for taking on the wrong client (laughs) and from them, because they're probably not, you know, it wasn't a fit for them either. And maybe you're not doing right. the kind of work that they envisioned. And it's not that you're not doing good work. It's just, it's just not a fit. And you just don't have the right, you know, you're just not, you're not on the same page. And yeah. so that's huge to be able to recognize that up front. But even in the midst of it, like what happened with you, to be able to recognize and say, look, maybe we just need to part ways. And just yeah. in a gracious manner. And, um, and, and yeah, getting to the point is huge. <laughs> don't don't yeah. him and ha or, you know, try to, 
let get these things linger. I mean, you know, it's it's like uh, peeling the bandaid, you know, rip it off or just kind of peel it slowly. <laughs> it's like just yeah. the end and just end it. And um, right, and I think both sides. And I think I think like you said, the, even with your example, the customer appreciates that that you recognize, mm-hmm. hey, this isn't a good fit, and maybe we need just need to end it. And it's so yeah. much better for everybody on both sides, right? And, yeah, and yeah. boundaries is huge. You know, I think too many times we, we give a little bit more latitude. I mean, just, just on price. So uh, I had somebody call me about uh, um, there's a potentially big client and the f- person that recommended him to this client recommended that, hey, come in with a cheaper price just to get the business. And then you're going to get all this other business on, on the back end afterwards because they're so much more work to potentially give. And he asked my opinion. I said, well, usually how these things go off is like once you set that low price, you've just set the expectation of low price. And it's going to be harder and harder to increase the price because they're always going to think and say sometimes, hey, you only charge this much over here. <laughs> you know, even if you set even if you set the expectation, hey, you know, um, this isn't normally what I charge, but normally I charge this, but here's I'll do this was a one-time deal. Um, even when you do that, a lot of times, sometimes it gets right. harder to increase the price. Um, but a lot of times, even that first project, they're asking you to do more and more and more um, for that, yeah. that same price. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes setting the right expectation up front um, is, is huge. Most yeah. of the time, if not all the time, it's huge. Um, so anyways, and even just what you're willing to do and what you can't do. Right, making mm-hmm. sure you set up those parameters and expectations up front, so not just on price, but what you what you can do as far as the scope of work. So mm-hmm. the more clear and direct yeah. you can have that in the front end, um, the better the relationship will will start off and will will last. Yeah. So yeah, it would be great thoughts, Eric. I mean, those are some some awesome thoughts. Those right on right on point about um, mm-hmm. you know the right customers you know one of the ways to get the yeah. right customers is to kind of have the right mindset as well um, and uh, yeah once you kind of really know who you really want to deal with and yeah. the kind of work the kind of clients and all that then you can really craft a nice marketing message and even imagery that captures that right as you as a graphic yeah. designer and, and, and branding um, all that stuff really makes a big difference so you're not trying to constantly sell on price um, right so yeah any last thoughts before we sign off um no i think yeah i think that's really really good um, uh, yeah I and mean, everybody um you know being busy can be uh, uh something that actually can limit growth so think of ways to you know kind of lessen that busy work from delegating out work to getting some software or, you know, whatever types of tools, you know, online tools or, or what that can help you and then get the right customers. I mean, those two things will help, you know, really unload a lot of, um, not just work, but unload a lot of pressure. <laughs> Cause I think some of the things that we've talked about, Eric, a lot of it was emotional, mental pressure, right? Yeah. It wasn't so much just the actual physical part of being busy, but also the mental pressure of being too busy and busy with the wrong things. Right. So, Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, this is the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. If you have any other business questions or topics that you'd like to hear more about, email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com, or go to the Facebook page, 
purpose and profitability. So tune in again next week as we go live. Thanks again for listening. This is Robert Fukui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.